where nostalgia and wonder abound. Folks flock together, admiring the mighty, the marvelous, the super. Have you pondered how to begin your wanderings of the nerd realms? Well, hot dame. Welcome to the Dame Patrol. Your vigilant Mrs. Three are here delivering the news, cues, and reviews from across the geek world. Get a move on, gals. Your vigil has begun. Hey guys, welcome back to the Dame Patrol, and I am one of your lovely dames here. My name is Minnie. I am a dame that has as many lives as there are save files on my computer. And to my right, I have... Amy, I wish my computer was that organized to know how many save files I have. Hopefully in the new year, I might be able to do that, but that's questionable. And to my right, not as questionable. Oh, you have your very unquestionable dame, Stephanie, and I'm just really excited about what this new year is going to bring us. 2019 shaping up to be pretty good for the nerds. What do you think? Oh, definitely. It definitely leads into all of the fun things we have planned for you today. But before we get to that, we have to talk about our lovely sponsor, our lovely Dame Den here, brought to you by my Uncle Ben, Empire's Comics Vault, 1120. Fulton Avenue. Sweet K. Sorry, I got a little excited to say Sweet K. (laughs) I mean, a lot of people get very excited about that there, Sweet K. They can't hide it. They can't hide it at all. Just like we can't hide our enthusiasm for our roundtable review today. Oh, shoot. I'm so excited. Yeah. It's a very good, at least month for nerd films in general. Oh, heck yes. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's at least four, but we're going to be talking about three of the big films that we know you're cooped up with your family. It's been a great day. You had a good Festivus, a good good little Shanika. Christmas, Christmas is over. Kwanzaa, perhaps. You're ready with all your tamales. You've eaten everything. You kind of have a little of a coma. And you want to get out of the house. Take your family to go see something so they're not just sitting around your house and, you know, staring using all your pay-per-view. And staring at you and judging. <laughs> so much judging. So much judging. Oh. But movies don't judge you. I mean, not really. That's why you're in a dark theater in your sweatpants. Exactly. Goals of life. And everyone's crinkling popcorn and eating things together. And you can judge the movie instead of your family judging you. (laughs) Touche, actually. That was a really good point. Oh, yeah. So what's the first movie that we're excited for? I don't know. I think maybe my spidey senses are tingling. Ooh. uh, I thought that was just my condition. (laughs) (laughs) It's not just yours, Minnie. Oh, goodness. Oh, shoot. Let's let's get at it. So I had the opportunity of the cornucopia of comic book nerddom movies for this month to review Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. 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 We almost did that enough times to make it super, super ASMR. Um... This is a fresh vision of a different Spider-Man universe with groundbreaking visual style that's the first of its kind. Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse introduces Brooklyn teen Miles Morales and the limitless possibilities of the Spider-Verse where anyone can wear the mask. Thank you, Sony Pictures, for that beautiful write-up I liked it. Amy, why did you want to see this movie to talk about it with us today? I was going to say something really inappropriate, but I won't. I That's good. That's I good. know. That's good. Keeping, good keeping it. Mm-hmm. I'm concealing, not feeling. Yep. It is a beautiful love letter to spider people across the board. And in seeing the snippets and the teasers and all the trailers, I was like, oh, oh, oh my goodness. This looks amazing. And having the opportunity when we sat down to go over comic book movies that we wanted to look sorry, to review during this month, it felt like the best fit for me, even though the other ones are beautiful. This one hit a soft spot in my comic nerdy comic cart, and Mm -hmm. I could not wait to uh, 
parkour jump over it and go from building to building, swinging with ease in my review for this. Nice. So it really stuck to you, huh? Uh-huh. <laughs> I'd like my fingers and feet along a, a brick wall. That's I, good. I can't do that. So um, if we want to start out, cons, I had none. That's really telling. Not only am I an optimist, but it was very hard, unless we were, like, super nitpicky. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, is, definitely. Is anybody else on that picky train? No, no not at all. No, because I've seen it. I can I can kind of agree with that. Unless um, you're being, like, super nitpicky, I can't There's a personal con for me, but it's not even an actual con. It's like a, how dare they be so good, they made me feel this con. Yes, which but, was hinted at in our Capeless Crusaders episode, when we were guested on the Capeless Crusaders last week. Yes, uh, I am not at all a big fan of Spider-Gwen um, in the comics. I've loved Anya. Uh, Spider-Girl, Anya Corazon, I've loved her, I love Jessica Drew, Spider-Woman, the proper Spider-Woman, and a lot of comics don't really deal with them, and then once Spider-Gwen swung onto the scene, she took over everything, and so I didn't really like that, and I didn't really like her writing in the books, and gosh dang it, (laughs) Haley Steinfeld made me love her in this movie, this writing was fantastic with her. Exactly, and Mm -hmm. I think that goes directly to our pros. The cast of this was phenomenal. We had Jake Johnson, who I was a little apprehensive, as Peter B. Parker, not Peter Parker, um, Haley Steinfeld, who we talked about as Spider-Gwen, uh, Mahershala Ali, who was uh, Miles Morales' uncle. Um, he's known from Luke Cage. I know him specifically from Luke Cage, and he was stunning. And then, of course, uh, Shamik Moore was Miles Morales, and he did a great job of not only becoming not becoming a teenager boy, but he felt the part of something new and unexpected, and it was so playful and fun, and the cast really really supported all of these roles with such love and tenderness and it 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 resonated through the entire film i believe and then uh as i said it was the first of its kind in animation with its visual effects it melded the cgi the comic book style the traditional animation and it was so stunning to see the onomatopoeias that popped up randomly in some places and that sections of the multiple scenes were out of focus so you could focus on the front what was happening in the foreground which is very traditional of comic books and I it was so just unexpected I think it almost felt like there were certain scenes that actually had uh, I don't know if it was but had stop motion as well mm-hmm. that they kind of just seemed into the CG it was fantastic definitely um, one of those moments I can definitely think about was when Miles figures out that he sticks to walls and he falls at, spoilers, spoilers, I will try not to. He, he sticks to walls and proceeds to do a very Fred Astaire-esque dance up a wall slash down a city wall, trying to just get down. Um, there are so many highlights and sequences like that uh, when they break into the lab to uh, retrieve a computer. There's something that comes, it's foibles and faults and spits in the same way that sequence I remember because... He discovers, Miles discovers a brand new powder, powder, power. <laughs> powder. <laughs> you know, like, like a, that they're spider powders. <laughs> spider powders. We poof you away. Um, he discovers a new power while he's in the lab that turns into this stunning, um, just really, it's not even cliched, this cute back and forth between him and Peter B. Parker. And it's somebody gets poked in the eye. Like, it's great. And things get stuck to each other. And... It was so, between between the sequences and the Easter eggs, which are abounding, if you are a comic book oh. person, there are so many. It's not just telephones or signs. It is probably one of the more stunning cameos that we've seen 
from our rest in peace, Grandpapa. We love you, uh, Stanley. It, yeah. It, oh, it, it made it made many a friend that I know cry, which is great. Did you have like a favorite like background joke? Um, I loved that Bendis Brian Michael Bendis was an executive producer on this. He plastered his name all over three or four times across the screen. I saw it, mm-hmm. but there was Steve Ditko. Yeah. In mm-hmm. in someone's telephone, and then Ramita was a ramen place. And I started giggling. Yes. <laughs> I started giggling uncontrollably. Um, but there's so many just background things that e- you are trying not to focus on the background because you're focusing on the story in the forefront, but it catches your eye. And I'm so detail-oriented that I see things like that. Um, and those are a little bit more of the scenes, like almost the sh- scene secrets if you are a hardcore comic book person that you recognize. Um, the other thing was that the soundtrack really supported this entire story. Um, I brought it up on the Cables episode. I've brought it up just in public. I can shout it from the world. This felt like the music, the music, yes, was designed for it. I know, I know. We got composers and stuff like that that'll do that. But this blended the feeling of being a teenage kid in Brooklyn with new superpowers with the struggle of adapting the struggle of living up to your potential the relationships and it was all done in a way that felt natural to miles it almost Mm -hmm. uh felt kind of like a modern day opera in a sense uh that a lot of the the soundtrack in general like the lyrics meshed with miles as an individual Mm -hmm. and even the uh, musical score the same way oh yeah yeah, I know that this is a movie where I was like, I need both soundtracks. I need the score and like the all the pop songs and all that are in, in this because they're all so well chosen. And I feel like I need both CDs to actually have like the soundtrack for this movie, which is really cool. So we're, we 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 know what you uh, we buy you CDs from now on. We don't build you playlists. Oh, I mean, you can do both. I don't I know. appreciate I just, both. I, I gotta <laughs> know what I need if I need to burn you a mixtape. For Christmas next year, <laughs> mm-hmm. or your birthday, I need to know if you what, what format you need this in. I mean, I could try to go tape, but it would be entertaining. I don't know. I just I appreciate the soundtrack, oh, and I, I want to help you. <laughs> I appreciate any. I appreciate any gestures of friendship. Yay! I like Yay. gestures of friendship. So, what it really comes down to for this movie, it's the heart behind it. It transforms and sets the bar so high for other comic book movies coming out of the gate. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Not just oh. the MCU, not just the DCU. It is everybody. Yeah. Also sets the bar for anything that says it looks like a comic book movie. Oh, yeah. There's there's no way that you can honestly look at anything else. And I, I will literally be forever going, well, how did it compare to Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse? How do I feel about that? Does it carry the same weight? For the same gravity, and I, I'm, I'm struggling. Even now, I named it my best comic book movie of the year, and it is probably one of my favorite mm-hmm. comic book movies. Period. Yeah, and that says a lot. Oh yeah, like the look of this movie was very much into the Spider Verse is to comic book films as Scott Pilgrim is to video game movies. Mm-hmm. Like it definitely had that feel for both of them, and that's the bar. Exactly. And nothing video game movie-wise has hit Scott Pilgrim. <laughs> yeah. 
We don't talk about Street Fighter. No. Oh, no. <laughs> There's so many video game movies we don't talk about. We Hadouken that out of our hearts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, and we don't talk about World of Warcraft either. That was, meh. Anyway. But Spider-Man. <laughs> but Spider-Man. Do you know what? I feel if we're going to do this, I am going to whip out my trusty Dame Bullwhip. I'm going to crack it first because you got to crack a bullwhip. You can't not just, like, swing it out. I'm going to throw it up towards I'm going to hold on to it and throw it up towards the nearest lamppost and swing away giving this sucker a 10 out of 10 with me attached to my bullwhip riding off into the sunset apparently because you know what I can't I can't swing anymore into this so do you know what how about we transform your holiday with comfort and joy with our next review Oh, goodness. That's an excellent segue. It is. The next review, it's more than meets the eye, I think. It definitely is. I am going to be talking about Bumblebee, which was one when we were discussing what movies we'd be doing. I set my foot down and said, this is the movie I am reviewing. Uh, so, And that was with the whole, like, as bad as the Bay movies had gotten, because they'd gotten really, really bad. Oy. They were gross. They were, they were gr- yeah, gross. they were gross. They've yep. been gross for a long time. Mm-hmm. But I was like, no, I, I have to see this one as a Transformers fan. I am legally obligated <laughs> to see it. And yeah. But it also, a lot of the trailers and um, just what they were saying and the teams behind it really made me incredibly hopeful. And I, uh, we're just going to dive right in to yeah. this movie. Well, and like your hatred for the Bayverse oh, I hate was, the <laughs> was immense. It was fantastically immense. We've been friends forever. And it's after true. seeing uh, Age of Extinction, yeah. she mm-hmm. hated that movie so much. Upon texting me after seeing it, she had already started rewriting the entire film as fanfic. <laughs> so I have a 40-page fanfic 50. rewritten. 50-page. <laughs> excuse oh, me. 50-page rewritten fanfic of that story to make it make sense. We should be posting that somewhere on uh, our social media pages we at a later date. We are not posting that on the social media <laughs> at a later date. But anyway, um, you know, just writing practice. Uh, so... <laughs> So let's dive into an actually good Transformers movie, but we're going to start with the bad because I just want to get that out of the way. Let's get the so Decepticons out of here. Get this, the cons, the cons, we got to get them out of here. Uh, so I'm going to start with uh, John Cena. Bum, I know a lot of I know. A lot of people put him as the like a good part of this movie, but I don't feel that he is because it feels like, and this is true, um, they didn't know what he was going to be a bad guy or a good guy, and apparently he was going to be a bad human soldier going by Scarface. So what? that is not the case in this film. It was not meticulous planning. But like, they definitely <laughs> feels like in edits they decided to make him a good guy, but it doesn't really come across, so it makes it really awkward. Um, is this a case <laughs> of Cena confusion? Did they Cena? not see him coming? No, no. They, uh, they don't know what's going on in the Cena nation. You know, they can't see it. We all just did the signal. We all did the can't see me thing oh that John Cena does. It's because we wish we didn't see him. No, I know. <laughs> right. Uh, but that also leads to my next point as a con is the flip-flop. Uh, basically, they kind of... Like, they, there are things that they do. They decide to throw out the old movies at the end, and it makes it a stronger movie, but it also sucks that they decided that so late. So they're doing things that are, like, references to the first Bay, Bay movies. They're doing things to Transformers 1. They can't show Megatron because that'd be a, like, it wouldn't fit in with the co- timeline. But then at the very end of the movie, they're like, screw that timeline. We're going to have them come down in the 80s. So Ooh. it is definitely a reboot. But it's definitely a reboot that took a while to decide it wanted to be re- reboot. Uh, third point, and my last con, is the main character's family 
he's not that great. Uh, to the point where you're like really almost like rooting for her to go run away and join the Transformers oh, and just go on the road with them and her uh, human friend and just leave them behind because she's definitely depressed from losing her dad. Like very much depressed and her. Oh yeah, and who's depressed? Oh, Charlie, I'm sorry. So the main character played by Haley Steinfeld, and we're going to dive into the good part while like kind of segueing from the bad part. But it, the main character is named Charlie Watson, and she is played by actress, s- model, and... Uh, slash singer. Slash singer. Slash web personality. Yeah, Haley Steinfeld. Uh, but she lost her father and became just super depressed. Like, she's given up, like, doing diving, which used to be her passion. And, uh, but her mom has, like, moved on. She's dating this new guy. Uh, her brother has seemingly moved on. And basically everyone's like, why can't you be happy? Why can't you just, like, smile more? Why can't you do... It's very, like, you know, ignoring the fact that she's dealing with depression. And it's very... So basically she's pulled away from her family. And she's delved more into trying to fix a car, uh, car that she that her dad left her. And in doing so, she hangs out at this junkyard. And that's where she finds Bumblebee. Mm-hmm. And it's mm-hmm. that's kind of what sets off this whole motion is she fixes him and uh, just, you know, kind of goes on this horse girl sort of journey, but with a car. <laughs> I, I saw it described that way, and it's so accurate. It's very accurate. Uh, yep. Like, and it, just, it works for a Transformers movie. Basically, a girl finds car girl understands car more than everyone else but like some other people are like no we're gonna take your car away and she's like no you guys don't understand my car like i do and then there's evil robots that have come in and are you know evil evil horses are coming (laughs) (laughs) with the exception of the evil robot slash evil horses that sounded almost like the side plot for princess diaries Oh, it yeah. kind of did. Yeah, it kind of does, yeah. Mm-hmm. Me so, and her and baby. So that's what yeah. works for this movie is that it's definitely doing some stuff that the Princess Diaries did. So uh, let's get into um, some creative choices that were really good. So basically, Christina Hodson is the writer of this movie. She did. Um, uh, she is going to be the writer of Birds of Prey. And Ooh. it's also the first Transformers movie written by a lady, which is cool. You also have Travis Knight, who is the director of Kubo and the Two Strings and has been Aww. working with Lodka since Coraline. So it's really cool, and he brings a lot of that. Uh, as mentioned, you have Haley Steinfeld, who mm-hmm. is the main uh, Charlie Watson. You have her love interest slash friend guy, who is Jorge Lindenberg Jr., who is from uh, Love, Simon. Uh, that's, like, his biggest thing. Uh, and then you also have the best Lady Decepticon they've ever done, Shatter, played by Angela Bassett, which is... Praise to her mother. Praise Praise to her mother. An inspired choice. And since we're talking about Shatter, she's probably one of the best Decepticons that they've done in a long time. Oh, yeah. Because she's very smart. She also lives up to the whole Decepticon thing in that she is using, like, I guess... As a woman, she's like knows that she's kind of she comes on and she's like nice and she's like, oh, we're just we're just coming here, friend pal. Thank you for helping us. People are willing to like think that they can like trust her and maybe even take advantage of her. As the humans are like, oh yeah, we can totally screw over these robots. But no, you can't because she is just as bad as all the other Decepticons. Which so is good. Great. Oh, yeah. so excited. Oh, the yeah. first time in like the film sphere that we've seen. Uh, Decepticon actually play both sides of the field like they would in the comics. Mm-hmm. You gotta get on someone's good side to be able to mess them up. Exactly. 
All right. So, and then I know there's so much to talk about with this movie, but I'm trying to stick to all the good, the highlights. So we're going to move into the highlights of this film. So reasons why you should see this film if you are a Transformers fan is this film opens up with Cybertron. As yes. in, they are fighting on Cybertron. Mm -hmm. You get to see everyone in their Cybertronian, uh, like, robot form. So they haven't scanned, like, Earth vehicles. So there are differences, uh, which is really cool. So you get to see Soundwave. You get to see RC. You get to see Wheeljack. You get to see uh, just all these really big G1, G2 uh, characters, and you get to see um, Starscream and his trine, which is really cool. Uh, and it's just kind of really nostalgic in a way for something that we've actually never really seen before but it still invokes that like mm -hmm. really cool like yes robots fighting <laughs> <laughs> oh definitely and just with the Kubo and the two strings director like Travis Knight made everything seem natural even mm -hmm. though it's like an alien planet mm -hmm. that all seemed natural for them so they're transforming while they're fighting into these alien vehicles and just the actual fighting on Cybertron looked flawless it looked fantastic mm -hmm. Even though it was in the midst of, you know, a battlefield. Yeah, and then also another thing that Travis Knight brings to it is that you see them transform. It's not like, oh, we're just gonna fast blur, we're gonna turn away. No, you see them transform, and they transform like the toys. So you'll see, like, their head pop out of, like, uh, the trunk, or their arms, like, come up underneath as they're, like, twisting. That's really it's cool. It's really beautiful, yeah. and I really want to see more from this director. Yeah. Also, mm -hmm. leading into that as well, uh, when Bumblebee eventually crashes on Earth, Bumblebee mm -hmm. looked one way on Cybertron, but as soon as Bumblebee scanned the first vehicle that uh, he scanned, and then transformed into that vehicle and then transformed back into his regular robot form, his features were different. He had a different grill on his chest. He had different shoulder pads. He had different everything because mm -hmm. you actually thought that out, that if you're a different vehicle, your armor's going to look different. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they thought about a lot of like things that they don't tend to think about. Uh, you only really have seen them mess with that in like Transformers Animated, where they were mm -hmm. like, oh, they look this way on Cybertron, then they're going to look this way on Earth. Uh, most uh, iterations just tend to gloss over that entirely. Um, so let's see, what else? So would you say this is um, more of a love letter to the original Transformers fans than in previous iterations? Oh, oh yeah, this is definitely, you can tell it was done by fans, for fans, but also just making a good movie in general, which I don't think was ever been the point before. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I think it was more about let's, let's sell toys, let's make money, where this mm -hmm. is like, no, we're going to actually have people like care about the relationship between Charlie and Bumblebee and it's just really nice like that part's really strong um so yeah I'm really really happy with it I will grab my Dame Mobile and I'm gonna drive off leaving it with a nine Dame Mobiles out of ten. Oh, good oh, yes well, that was are you driving off into the sunset are you is that, what is the capabilities of this Dame Mobile Oh, I mean, it can transform because I'm a Transformers fan. But, <laughs> I mean, all right, it, it's so, also a sub. It yeah. can become a plane. It's pretty dynamic. Can, it, can it do one of those floating planes? Yes. Yeah. So we could essentially drive the Daymobile off mm -hmm. into the sunset and cruise it straight onto the water and then fly off. I, yep. would like I also wanted to have invisibility capabilities. So, like, one is actual invisibility, and the other one is like Wonder Woman invisibility. So we're just like sitting, <laughs> just sitting there, just sitting there <laughs> hovering. I'd love that. I'm okay but with that. Minnie, I have a question. Oh, I have an answer. Are you ready for the splashdown? I am ready for the splashdown. We are going into the depths down where it's better, and it's wetter. We are talking about Aquaman. 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 
Oh, gosh, Aquaman. I felt like I got saddled with Aquaman, to be perfectly honest, because Amy we appreciate was so... You. I, I know you guys do. <laughs> we appreciate you so much. Mm-hmm, Thank mm-hmm. you for letting me see Bumblebee. <laughs> <laughs> You're both welcome. Uh, and I felt like, okay, well, they clearly have things that they love and they want to talk about. I guess I will do Aquaman. Um, I went to go see it with my mom, which was fantastic. It continued the tradition, holiday tradition we have of we go see a movie that I initially am like, okay, sure, about. And my mom is real, real thirsty about one of the characters. <laughs> and I'm going to give you two guesses as to who it was. And it was Jason Momoa. <laughs> <laughs> correct. Yep. Between Momoa and Momoa, you are it correct. It was Momoa. It was Momoa. Um, and honestly, uh, doing the research for this movie for my article, if you want to check that out on the Capeless Crusader website, I have something, two different trades you can read to get mm-hmm. yourself excited for the book, or for the movie, I should say. And they both are super relevant in the movie. I was super excited for it. But I was super surprised at how fantastic this movie is. Shut the front door. Yeah, but before I dive into that, let me just doggy paddle over to the cons. So the con is like a lot of the modern Warner Brothers films with the superheroes. Some of the CG work was not great. Mm. Um, a lot of it, some of it looked, not a lot of it, I should say, some of it looked really great on terms of most of the world stuff. Like when there was Aquaman on a seahorse, which was super cool. He actually does the battle seahorse, which is amazing. Yes. Um, he does the battle seahorse. It's super cool. A lot of the underwater stuff looks really fun when it only has a couple, I would say maximum five characters in frame with their mounts. Mm-hmm. If you got to six, got real, real dicey. <laughs> it got real, it's real rough. Horse. It got the yeah, sketchy the horse. The sketchy horse. Yep. The sketchy that. horses. Because let me tell you, there are more than six people on screen oh, quite yeah. often. There's more than six people and their mounts on screen uh, a lot of the time. There was one uh, big battle, the big dynamic battle at the end uh, in particular, that it gets very difficult to see what is happening unless you're hyper-focusing or the camera itself is hyper-focusing on a character. Mm. So that was that was real, real rough. Um, also, again, because this is kind of like DC's first foray into making just a solid standalone film, mm-hmm. some of the jokes didn't land as well. They did like kind of, uh, I would say, potty humor jokes. At one point, they do a joke about how an Atlantean uh, has his armor smashed in and he can't breathe on land, so he's got to stick his head in a toilet to breathe. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's the lowest joke there. That's definitely the low-hanging aqua fruit. Um, <laughs> but, you know, once they grabbed that papaya, they just ended that stuff. Um, and that was really about it. And something that's kind of like an in-between, I guess it's like a preference con, mm-hmm. would be the length of the film. I personally didn't feel it, but it is two hours and 23 minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a real it's a real big sturgeon, that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but honestly, you don't need... if I don't feel it. I think the pacing is really good. Mm-hmm. But if you go into it and you know that runtime, it's going to be a little scary. So I acknowledge that. There are some things that I think they can trim, but a lot of this movie gives you a lot of a lot of good seafood to chew on. Mm. It's very, very good. It's deep fried and golden and delicious, just like Jason Momoa. <laughs> <laughs> now all I'm thinking about is fish and chips. So keep going before I get I mean, here. he was the fish and Mara was the chips. So it was <laughs> we very good. We always start with the chips first. Because we always start with hot. the chip first. It's true. 
oh bless these chips in this movie so amber heard was definitely one of the pros um she got so much more work more so much more to work with in this Mm -hmm. movie she was in justice league for a hot minute or two and didn't really do much at all she floated up she floated up and her hair did the aerial thing and she was gone um her hair does the aerial thing a lot in this but they actually embrace that while she is kind of an Atlantean, she's a princess of another type of kingdom, mm-hmm. and her power set is completely different. She has super strength, she can swim real good, but she's also technically a waterbender, and they embrace mm-hmm. that so much. They let her uh, acknowledge that she can actually kind of waterbend at her liquids, oh. which is really cool. <laughs> yeah, it's super awesome. I wish they would have done her uh, dehydration beam like she did in uh, the new 52 comic where she can make someone feel like they are lacking three days worth of water in two seconds crackers yep it's fantastic she is op as hell and i love her (laughs) um something else that i really enjoyed as well another pro was that they set up in this movie arthur curry's honor code Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah, definitely. Um, whereas in Justice League, he's very much like the affable, like just jock who drinks a lot. He's a bro. He's a bro. He's a, bro. He's a very king good bro. King of the Brotion. He's king of the Brotion. Yep. He's not even the Brotion. He's the Brotion. He's the Brotion. Yep. But in this one, he kind of starts out that way, but you kind of are introduced to his father mm-hmm. and his mother, who was also awesome. But you're introduced to his father, who very much raised him, and how that kind of gives him an honor code. But he doesn't want that responsibility, so he's kind of aloof with it. And due to some circumstances in the movie, he starts realizing that his actions, though they are founded, he has to still be the bigger person Mm -hmm. to show and give other people stepping stones to get better as well. And in doing that, he finds his own honor code that he's going to hold himself to. Mm -hmm. Character growth! It's super well done character growth, and that's where he is in the comics. And it's so cool to watch that dynamic happen with Momoa. Because Magmoa is kind of a stagnant kind of actor, but they wrote things in a way for him that he was able to pull it off. There's so many things in this movie that makes me teary-eyed. Um, surprisingly, I wasn't I wasn't expecting that. And I also wasn't expecting for Nicole Kidman to be so freaking cool in this movie. Yay! Uh, yeah, Queen Atlanta was fantastic. Uh, she continues the trend of superheroes, and their moms being super badass. Mm-hmm. Yep. Very true. Yeah. Yeah. We've got uh, Hippolyta. Yeah, it's been a good <laughs> year for a, that. It's a great year for Hippolyta and Diana. And then... Hippolyta and Diana. We've got T'Challa and Queen Ramunda. And yes. now we have Arthur and his mom, Queen Atlanta. Like, or Atlanta, I should say. And it was just so good. And there were so many one takes in this movie. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, James Wan does a lot of one takes in his horror films, and he carried that into this, and it was mm, delicious. Just a good <laughs> just, meal. Just a good meal of hearty eldritch horror. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which there are some eldritch horrors in this, just a heads Fun up. Fact. <laughs> Fun fact. But it's okay because they're voiced by Mary Poppins. Um, <laughs> yes. Yeah, Julie Andrews voices a kaiju, essentially. Like, I love it. That's it's, technically it was supposed to be a surprise, but like every single like place that could run that story basically was like, Mary Poppins is in this movie instead of being in Mary Poppins Returns. And oh. indeed she is. Indeed. Indeed she was. She wanted to float underwater, not above the water in England. <laughs> she didn't want to be in the clouds. She wanted to be in the sea. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And another really good pro for this movie is that this is the first DC Warner Brothers modern film that actually embraced DC's 
pop color palette. Oh, really? Yeah, mm-hmm. they really, really did. There's actually a scene in particular where Arthur is, uh, as a teenager, is learning to swim underwater mm-hmm. in the way Atlanteans swim. And he is shown that his eyes can adjust to the darkness. So as we are adjusting to how dark the DC world is as well, through his eyes, everything pops and everything glows. Aww. And it's it's actually bright and vivid and so cool to see, especially like when we first saw Mira mm-hmm. for the Justice League promos. Her color, her outfit was so dark and they gray washed it mm-hmm. in the pictures. But when you saw like studio pictures of her costume, it was so bright and vivid and beautiful Mm -hmm. and they embrace it they embrace everything they embrace the cheese they embrace the colors i'm good with that and it's so good um especially like with the orange and green with arthur's suit in general makes me happy yeah Mm -hmm. we do get to see that so if you somehow haven't seen those promos uh he does get the iconic orange and green suit he does get the orange and green suit and it's so good so yay um (laughs) and then i am going to end my my pros list with the fact that Mira and Arthur's relationship mm-hmm. sets the bar like it does in comic books. Mm-hmm. It sets the bar for relationships being sprouting. It also sets the bar for relationships as uh, them each being their own individual and then coming together as a couple. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I would say because of that and how well-rounded the rest of the movie is, I'm going to say it's actually done better and it's a better film than Wonder Woman. That relationship section, I would totally agree. That relationship section. How could you section. say something so controversial yet so brave? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, don't boo me. I'm right. Um, <laughs> but they both have their own character motivations. Mira has things that she is doing independently, and just because they have to do with Arthur as well, does not mean that she is doing them for Arthur. Upon meeting him and liking him, that doesn't mean that she's driving all of her character motivations for him. Everything she does is for her kingdom, and she has started that from the beginning, and she continues that throughout the film. Even when they finally inevitably come together, she is still her own person, and her character motivations are all her own. And that's something, unfortunately, that I don't think Wonder Woman did. Yeah, Mm -hmm. they tried to force very heavily the... Steve Trevor or Diana relationship where it should have given she she still maintained I am woman I am my own until that one night and then it's like oh Steven yeah uh, no 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 no, no. Well, I'll protect this world because Steve wanted because me Steve to. wanted me to no yep. girl that's no. the mm-hmm. that's the weakness of that movie it is and actually Mira definitely cemented that she was different with that in the movie she in particular said uh, after she decided to help Arthur that even her father wouldn't take her back. She could never go back to Atlantis. And she said, uh, sometimes you have to do what's right, even if your heart aches against it. Dum, dum, dum. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just, it's a delicious, lovely little deep-fried Steve movie. It embraces how weird and quirky Aquaman is, but makes it fun. It's a fun, good movie. And with all of that said, and my controversial statements out of the way i have to give this an eight dynamic trap nets out of ten dynamic trap nets because this is a movie you're gonna want to catch Ooh. Mm-hmm. we got a, a cornucopia of dame acquired equipment to handle all of the movies for this month well when you're on patrol you need all kinds of things just in case you never know yeah. that's true and then they can populate our dame den <laughs> we're gonna need Uncle Ben, we're going to need more space. Yep. <laughs> Whenever you feel to uh, install a garage, we can totally roll everything out and put it in the trunk of our Dame Mobile. Yes. Oh. On occasion. On occasion. On occasion. On occasion. What about the Dame Duffel Bag? 
I mean, that's just standard. <laughs> that was issued. That was issued at the beginning. Did you not get that in training? I did not. Shoot. Okay. You should have gotta... gone to orientation. <laughs> There's a really nice class for that. It was so good. Well, well, all right. I'm going to read up on orientation. Apparently, I missed that class. <laughs> but you guys could catch up with us and our different social media loveliness. Stephanie, where can we find you? You can find me, Stephanie, at Dame of the Galaxy on Instagram. You can also find my article on Bumblebee if you're interested in finding out more about like what Transformers stuff to watch or where you want to get started. It is on the Cables Crusaders uh, blogs tab, so you can check that out, and that will be right next to her Aquaman review. Amy, where can we find you? For, for the most part, if I am not swinging, not from the trees, but from the buildings from, you know, building to building mm-hmm. as I survey the Sacramento landscape. You can find me at IJNewRobot on the varying social media, and of course, you can always catch me on Monday nights with the Campus Crusaders, and now passing to my left, the beautiful woman in orange and green. Hey guys, my name is Herminia, but you guys can call me Minnie, and you can find me at Dame Egg Sauce, that is Dame E.G. Sauce, on that there Insta-Swam, where I will be sharing all kinds of fun stuff about Aquaman, because I'm so excited about him. Yeah, I think we all are. So once again, thank you to our sponsor. He's not really our crazy Uncle Ben, but he is our Uncle Ben. Empire's Comics Vault, located at 1120 Fulton Avenue. Sweet K. And of course... Just remember, geeks in distress. No need to light the signal. We're always on patrol. See you guys later.